the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk station. Your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out SeanTGreen.com for the link to Amazon's incredibly easy online shopping. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to the green room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a ring, 323-203-0815. I'm here with my main man, uh, my left-hand man, Logan Lystico. Logan, thanks for being on the program. Howdy. And uh, we have a special guest this evening, the very lovely Ralph Garman. Oh, thank you. Ralph He is Huey. lovely. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better adjective. But, no, uh, I'll I think, take lovely. I think that sums it all up. Uh, you know Ralph from I'm not his... wearing this skirt for nothing, boys. <laughs> It's more a kilt in uh, this weather. Yeah, you know right. Ralph, for, of course, from uh, K-Rock's Kevin and Bean. His voice is on uh, Family Guy and uh, a lot of other things. Uh, host of uh, Joe Schmo, Season 1 and 2. How you doing, man? Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad you're uh, being brought to, to us by Amazon tonight. Yeah. Because Amazon is the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. You know what kills me on Amazon is the uh, the, the one-click purchasing yeah no it's like it's almost like a crack dealer they oh. get you on <laughs> the they worst. get you their information and then it's so easy you don't have to do anything the it's one th- click buy it is i get now about eight to ten packages from amazon a day now at my house because you just you look around and say oh yeah i'll take that click boom yeah. that's all you have to do don't put in your credit card your address nothing boom one click you got it yeah and it's house. the same they got the same system going as youtube videos where it's like oh people who bought this also like this and you're like this. stop reading my mind amazon <laughs> that's right. you'll probably love this won't you <laughs> yes i will amazon Thank you. Now I'm on a spending spree. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, all you could do is uh, shantygreen.com, click the Amazon link, and, uh, you know, help the show out. A lot of uh, deals for We should put up Christmas. a link for people who are, like, shopping addicts, just in case. You yes. Know, just yeah. Just to, Addicted like, Addicted to one-click buy. Yeah. Exactly. This is the first year I haven't purchased any Christmas presents from a store. Everything I bought this year was online for my family and my wife and whatnot. I Everybody. realized the tide of turn because on Black Friday, I, I looked through the paper, there was not... One trampling death reported. Yeah, I, mean, I, know. I feel like maybe it's the economy or maybe it's just this shift in online shopping. We're losing but our edge. Yeah, exactly. What kind of consumers have we become? We're not even to trample people to death. Yeah, I know. I thought, this, I thought this was America for Christ's sad sake. Sad state, lazy bastards. Don't but even yeah, have the it balls is. to get off the couch and trample anyone anymore. I mean, when was the, as a grown man, when was the last time you enjoyed having fun in a mall? Like, yeah, when you're 13, 14, you're hanging out, maybe meeting some chicks or something like that. Then there's a reason to go to a mall. But after the age of like 18 years old. The the mall is just this this place that you want to avoid at all costs. Absolutely. The mall was the place you went to because you didn't want to be at home. You didn't right. want to be at your house. Yeah. Now I want to be at my house. I yeah, don't exactly. want to leave. And I certainly don't want to fight elbow to elbow with sweaty people at the mall and find parking and all that other bullshit. So yeah. no, I'm all about the online shopping now. It's yeah, awesome. no, it's amazing. So uh, let's see. Last time we talked to Ralph, uh, of course, a Philly native, we were talking Philly sports. Yeah, the, we actually uh, had a uh, Phillies game going on. That's right. We we're still in the playoffs. Yeah, they had. Uh, 
fortunately collided with the New York Yankees, who were just. I think the worst thing that happened was that the Phillies won the first game, and I was just so like, oh, they won one in New York. Oh, my God. I was talking all this shit to my roommate, and I was just – I was flying high. I had – I'd bet the Phillies to win, you know, not even taking any sort of spread or whatever, so it was like a two-to-one bet. I was just – I was just stoked for everything to fall into place, and then, of course, the juggernaut just – Sean, come on. Being a Philly sports fan, you got to know. I know. you got to know. I know. It's the rare exception when they actually fulfill – yeah, your obligation and, and 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 fulfill your dreams, and usually it, it ends in disaster. So we should have known. We I know, got me, spoiled by that first championship. That's yeah, me and my dad, we've been having I think the same conversation uh, literally since I've be since I've been born, and I've been able to recognize football as a sport. I've been an Eagles fan. I was indoctrinated by my father, and then every year since then, it's like, oh, this is our year. This is our year. Yeah, sure. And then it's obviously it's never our year. But I, you think like it would make it somehow easier? Like, oh, okay, uh, twenty years in a row. With that winning the Super Bowl this year's not going to be as hard but no it's it's if anything it's harder you're like oh this should have been the year god damn it we are the beaten wives who keep going back to our husbands that's who we are as Philadelphia sports <laughs> it fans. really is the and most it's worse now because the past 10 years with Andy Reid they've been in it you know they've been in the playoffs seven out of 10 seasons he's been coaching there so we've been dancing around the possibility of actually getting winning a Super Bowl Reid is the ultimate cock tease of yes, coaching he, he has gotten us he tickles he tickles you with that feather he does <laughs> they just signed, of course, uh, Eagles just re-signed Andy Reid to three more years three so he can years. look forward to three more years of that. Yeah, three years of blue balls. The, exactly. We're in this predicament of, what do you do? Do you get rid of Andy Reid? No, I mean, how could you get rid of Andy Reid for the past decade? The winningest coach in the franchise. You'd, you'd look like an asshole. Who are you going to bring in that's a better proven coach? But is Andy Reid going to win you a Super Bowl? I don't know. You know, It doesn't certainly doesn't look like that, but uh, man, Andy Reid, uh, what, a, what a handful. I actually, uh, you know, Andy Reid's sons, um, they got in all that drug trouble. Yeah. And I just, uh, when that came out, I I had this flashback, and I, I actually remember the time where I was partying with Andy Reid's son up at Penn State. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you I were just, probably the one who turned him on to yeah, drugs. It's all no, your fault. No, no, I, I don't think I turned him on to anything. I just remember sitting there in a dorm room where this uh, kid who looked, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, a kid who looked exactly like Andy Reid, like a, a, a smaller, slightly less heavy Andy Reid sitting in the corner, you know, passed out, just like sitting there. I'm like, whoa, who's that guy looks like Andy Reid? And they're like, oh, that's Andy Reid's son. They're like, isn't he going to hang out and talk? No, he's he's passed out. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's probably a food coma. No yeah, the Reid family. Exactly. Probably had uh, one Wawa hoagie too many. And just there's there's the one couch. thing that that uh, runs through the Reid family is issues with self-control. Man, <laughs> that, that family loves to eat. You can tell. They said uh, at the beginning of the season he had lost 75 pounds. Yeah, and and I was like, what? I don't <laughs> wow. even I don't even notice. Yeah, he's you, still enormous, fattest coach ever. Well, the the only guy who is well now that the Kansas uh, coach, have you seen the University of Kansas coach Mangino? <laughs> yeah. Now that he's been fired, officially the title has uh, yeah. been given back to Andy Reid. I remember Andy Reid. He you know he at least has a sense of humor about it. I think once you're 325 and you're in the public spotlight, you you have to have a sense of humor. <laughs> you got to be they're, they're jolly people. The yeah, exactly. People. They go, uh, how do you decide on uh, whether or not to go for it on fourth down, Andy Reid? And uh, he goes, well, I just, uh, you know, I go with my gut instincts. And I have a pretty large gut, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, of course, this year it hasn't uh, worked out for him that much. I don't know if you uh, follow basketball as much, but uh, legend uh, in the 76ers franchise uh, came back to Philadelphia. The answer. I'll be, I'll be lying if I say that it didn't bother me. 
you know, because uh, I think how are how are these toughest guys uh, the most sensitive people? He he's he's having a preemptive cry. This isn't even the retirement cry. This is the back to work cry. Yeah, this is this is should be business as usual, not oh my god, I'm feeling so great to be back in Philadelphia. I created um like with the mistakes that I made in my life. You know, I I created a picture of me <laughs> that's is not me. You know, I um I did a lot of things when I was young that I'm not proud of, but I think, you know, those those things helped me to be the, um, the man that I am now. And, uh, you know... He's acting like he's on his deathbed. He's coming back. Did I miss a scandal? Who cares yeah, about this guy? <laughs> what, what is the what's big terrible conference here? about? He, 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 he lost a step. He's not as good as he was. Nobody wanted him. The, uh, the Sixers are the only team in such desperate straits that they would hire the guy because they need asses in the seats, and this is the only way anyone would be interested to, to watch the Philadelphia Yeah, he's, he's basically brought on for entertainment purposes right. to help sell some tickets. It's a one-year contract where, you know, if he acts up, they can cut him. Right. He's the dog-faced boy at the sideshow at the, at the circus, you know? What, what do they expect from him at this point, you know? <laughs> but what's he crying about? I don't know. What it's He said it he's was got like... a job. He's lucky she, he has a job. He should be laughing his ass off. I love how he uh, he got signed to the Grizzlies or whatever, and then just basically, since they weren't starting him, just refused to play altogether, and then somehow got out of his contract, got released. Yeah. I would I would have loved to have been able to pull that when I was playing sports. Like, ah, eh, coach, now I'm just gonna I'm gonna play for another high school. Like, it, <laughs> you ha- you've had the ability to come back. The city is opening its arms to welcome you back just because they want some entertainment in basketball. Right. And you reward them by crying. You're supposed to be the thug from Hampton, Virginia, the tough guy. Last couple of years just been been hell because you know all I want to do is is play basketball. And that's all he wants to do. That's all you should do. Who's been doing? Guy. Who's been asking more from Alan Iverson? Like, uh, Alan, can you run the books? Uh, we're gonna have to work. You can, you know, can you work concessions? We're asking a lot for you. I just want to play basketball. You know, help, help the guys that I play with. <laughs> Next question. You can help the guys you play with by passing the ball. That's why teams are getting rid of you. You're throwing up 30 shots a game, and you're not hitting 20 like you used to. You think I'll show up to practice now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I want to do is play basketball in games, uh, not in any sort of practice <laughs> exactly. or learn plays, that kind of thing. My favorite part, though, at the press conference is after the the guys have decided, like, the all right, it's enough crying, then... Hey, wait. Next question. Anything to stop Alan from crying? The guy just like, you know, the cold-hearted uh, publicist just comes, next question. Anybody have any funny questions? Lighten the mood <laughs> any, up a little any, bit? Any uh, light-hearted uh, questions to ask about Alan Iverson? Have you heard any good stuff? Tiger Woods jokes? <laughs> well, Tiger Woods, man, what's... Uh, Jesus Christ. The Tiger. You're a married man, Ralph. I am, sir. What's your, uh, as a married man, what's your take on this situation? I think... It's so funny. People are saying, well, maybe he's a sex addict. He should get some help. He should get counseling. Listen. Dr. Drew is just praying uh, to God for that booking. I know. Look, the truth is the dude is a billionaire with an enormous amount of time on his hands and an enormous amount of international fame and a long list of skanky women who will fuck him without any questions asked. He's an alpha male. He's the definition of an alpha male. He's he's been conquering things his own his whole life. He's used to winning at you know at any cost. And no one has said no to this guy since he was four years old. 
So why would we expect him to act any differently? Here's the thing. Guys are usually as faithful as their options. Right. The average guy who's got a wife is lucky to have her. Right, like exactly. You've got one woman to bang. Yeah, they, it's this mutual settlement of like, okay, I feel like I can get this woman. I will, I, I will agree to commit to her if she agrees to make love to me somewhat regularly for the rest of our lives. This is an agreement we've come together. There'll be some mutual financial sharing, but this is an agreement we've come together. When you're Tiger Woods and your options are unlimited, you can't. What's the point of even having any sort of agreement? Yeah, he said they made a mistake. He made a mistake with sleeping all these women. No, he made a mistake getting married. That was the yeah, mistake he you, made. Yeah, really, the reality is, you know, he keeps talking about like, oh, this is a, a privacy issue between me and my family. First off, it's you and your wife. It's, you know, the family, like, they act like the people are hounding the kids. Like, oh, no one's that cold-hearted that they're going to ask the kids, like, oh, what do you think of your dad? I mean, there's young kids. What's the point of even getting married? I guess he... You know, these guys are just like, he, maybe he believed that, uh, oh, if I get married and I have kids, this is going to lead to more sponsorship opportunities. There was talk that maybe it was an image thing. He was trying to, you know, to project a family image, and that's why he had the wife and kids situation. But I think that uh, that statement he made about, look, this is about privacy and I deserve my privacy, that really pissed me off because, you, look, you don't get it, have it both ways. You can't be selling me Buicks and tag Hewer watches and cashing in on yeah, all this Yeah, exactly. Pay. It's like... And then all of a sudden when, you know, when things go in the shitter, all of a sudden now you want to be able to pull back and be anonymous yeah. and be nobody? No. Hey, you know. I want you to know what car I drive. I want you to know what razor I drive. I want you to know what watch I drive. Hey, uh, have I been unfaithful <laughs> marriage? Whoa! Yeah, enough of the questions! Business. Details. Mind, mind your own business for Christ's sake. I like uh, this. I I got a clip here. This came out five months ago. I guess this uh, porn actress. She was on this uh, porno talk show. I guess it's just where like a porno chick interviews other porno. Eventually they get naked. I'm sure. But she <laughs> oh, she admits so. to this. This is five months ago. So ask the ladies some questions. We're only here for about ten minutes. So <laughs> ever banged a famous person? Yes, I have. <laughs> I um I had sex with Kevin Costner. Are you serious? Well, see, this is even before the Tiger Woods admission. Kevin Costner gets dragged into this whole thing. Costner's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Deal with Tiger. Leave me out of this. Yeah. He's like, wait, I how did I oh, get such bullshit? Famous, Ima imagine this series of events. Tiger Woods crashes into a uh, tree or whatever on his own property, and then we have to find out that Kevin Costner was also unfaithful. Like, caught in the what wake. a what a weird dynamic of entertainment data we're caught in. Seriously, <laughs> I don't care. He wasn't married at the time. Is he the only famous person that you fought? No. You don't have no. to tell us the other Steven one. Steven Dorff has been a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, I'm like, where did I meet him? <laughs> Steven Dorff. Fuck you. I said famous people. <laughs> exactly. Steven Dorff. Any Steven uh, Do sort of semi-known <laughs> hack actors in B-movies that you've had sex with? Sure. Steven Dorff. <laughs> Wait. Oh, this is so... This what, is Steven Dorff has been a friend list? of mine for a oh, long I'm time. Oh, like, where did I meet him? He, we were in, I was in acting, so I... <laughs> I was in acting. <laughs> what, a, what a good look back on your career. It I was in like acting. I, I met him in acting. I'd, I'd love if the uh, interviewer here followed it up. Yeah, how, how's that working out for you? <laughs> how's the acting with Stephen Dorff working out? Oh, no, tell what, when they use that phrase. I was in acting. That they, they've never been in acting in their <laughs> right. life. No one says that. Gene Hack. Extra it's like saying I'm going to play practice instead of rehearsal. You just have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And say I was in acting. Uh, Gene Hackman doesn't say I was in acting. Yeah. <laughs> know a lot of the famous people but yeah well i met him i think i met him where did i meet him i met him somewhere i can't remember where yeah, but anyways, moving I'm on. I'm sorry, you're where they met Stephen Dorff? <laughs> yeah. Is that the stage of the interview we're at? This is a great, this is a great talk radio. Who else did you fuck? Is that it? Um, I'm trying to think of who else. 
Um, I've had oh Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiger um, Woods. I'm trying to think. How does the most famous <laughs> athlete in the world fall after Stephen Dorff on your list? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. The richest athlete in the world. I forgot. I, I think there was Carrot Top and Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> and the band leader from the Tonight Show. Oh, and Tiger Woods. <laughs> Wait, Kevin Eubanks cheated on his wife. <laughs> I Tiger Woods. Um, yeah, that was How amazing. did that happen? Well, a friend of mine, Brent Bolthouse, he runs a lot of... Uh, okay. okay, and then the, the the rest of the interview is just her explaining, you know, these chicks, Apparently, they can't tell a story to save Tiger put together a bachelor party for his assistant. Yeah, yeah. And he hired this broad, and then he said to her, come into the bedroom with me, and they knocked it out at this bachelor party. Yep. Which should be... If you if you disclose the details of a bachelor party as an adult entertainer, you should the penalty should be death. I think you, this woman should not be allowed to go anywhere <laughs> publicly a, and describe what happened at any bachelor party do, ever. Do they have no rules? They need. Uh, they should, should be like priests. She was, she was in acting. Yeah, she was in acting. She should know. There yeah. should be some sort of regulating union or regulating body. It's like, all right, fine, sell your body, sell for money, um, you know, be a pro. Oh, my favorite part is when, um, you know, whenever you hear these uh, porn stars interviewed, like on on Stern or any any show, like uh, his first question, or they always ask like, oh, so do you have sex for money? No, never, no, never. Not us. No, no. Wait, I'm an, you're not- I'm an actress. Yeah. I'm performing on film. It is a, such a weird dichotomy. It's like, all right, if someone's filming this sexual act for money, then, yeah, that's legal. But if there's no cameras involved, then, yeah. oh, my God, this is prostitution. We can't have this. Not allowed. Yeah, I can't believe that she disclosed what happened at this bachelor party. There should be, like, priests and lawyers and doctors. There should be some law saying they cannot disclose. Yeah, there should be a confidentiality thing. Yeah. is not. I mean, what does this woman keep as a secret? You know, she's obviously <laughs> – she's. does she have any secrets? Uh well Stephen Dorff apparently <laughs> yeah. he was a secret Stephen Dorff is probably just like wow look at my, my name sweet it's my the name's first time someone's used my name in twenty years <laughs> me Kevin yeah me and Kevin Costner we're uh, we're in the talks you know our names are getting thrown around about some potential projects uh, our names you know. have been linked <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the trades <laughs> in the acting we're in the acting. <laughs> Now, Ralph, uh, you're, I know you're a big uh, Batman fan. Yes, sir. The original Batman more so than the other one. But did you hear that they're actually making a Batman porno? I have heard that they're doing a spoof on the old 60s Batman TV series. This is the uh, new thing in porn, by the way. I don't know if you've, you've seen these titles, but they do all these spoofs of old TV shows. And they cast uh, porn actors who have vague resemblances to the actors who played the originals. And then they call it, this is not Star Trek. And then it's like Spock fucking some girl with green yeah. skin or whatever. And it's it's hideous. It's horrible. Because <laughs> there's a lot of acting going on. Yeah. And a lot of uh, bad screenwriting. And very little sex. And there's a lot of uh, extreme costumes and makeup. They had like the Munsters and the guys dressed like Herman oh, Munster. Oh, wait, no, I did. Lily. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see Herman Munster banging Lily with Grandpa looking on and Eddie with his widow speak. You don't need that. I did I did actually see that where they're like wearing the – he's got the, the – um, Yeah, the bolt sticking out of the side of his head and you're yeah, just – It's not sexy. You're just fixed on to that like, ah, oh, this is so bizarre. So I heard, yes, they are going to do a Batman one with, uh, with Batman and Robin and all the villains and everything. And I, I won't be watching. That's yeah. just uh, – I don't like to – I don't like to mix my pleasures, you know. I've got right. my, One I've got or the my other. retarded adolescence. I've got my, my childhood fixations. 
which okay. is Batman and stuff, and then I've got my uh, perverse lust, you know, one for, which is for porn, and they should be compartmentalized. That is weird how they try to spice up the porn, like, oh, hey, this is a, uh, we're going to do Nail and Palin, like, oh, yeah, I want to tie in current <laughs> events somehow. Because, I love political satire right. that's crossed with hardcore sex <laughs> and bukkake. Yeah. Nothing is more fascinating to me than, than hardcore uh, Republican political <laughs> issues. <laughs> And watching some guy spank it all over a girl's face. Hey, if I want to masturbate to Sarah Palin, I'll just masturbate to the Newsweek <laughs> cover that they had. That's fine by me. I don't need to see her portrayed. She looks fine as is. Yeah, the list of these movies, they've done uh, Brady Bunch, apparently, The Munsters, Gilligan's Island, Happy Days. They have. Uh, hey, yo, that's the fun. Fon's got his thumb up, <laughs> one girl each on both hands. It's just <laughs> banging her against the jukebox. <laughs> going um, on and off while he's doing it. It's a nightmare. That's a disturbing trend, you know, just in general, the whole aggressive thing. But then also I noticed, like, if you ever go onto the sites and, like, look around, they always have advertisements for uh, weird animated ones, like not Japanese animated porno, but, yeah. um, like, like, oh, Simpsons. hey, yeah, look at uh, Marge and Homer hooking up or uh, Peter <laughs> and Lois. Yeah. Like, right. wow, that a is... a surprising amount of them, like, it's half of the ads. Yeah, like, exactly. What is this? Where's the market for Scooby-Doo banging Daphne in the back of the mystery yeah, machine? <laughs> I think they're desperate, the, uh, the DVDs, especially the porn DVD companies, because now there's so much hardcore free porn on the Internet. It used to be you had to pay a service fee of like fifteen ninety nine or whatever, and you had to download stuff. Yeah, you, a monthly thing or but whatever. now with, uh, you know, like uh, porn, which is the YouTube of porn over, you can go and find anything you want for absolutely nothing. So how can these companies compete when you have to pay 15 bucks for a porn DVD? Nobody's buying that stuff. It is weird. I won't download music or whatever. I, you know, I feel like, oh, I'm doing comedy. I should at least support the artist. You know, they made a CD. I'll buy that CD. Right. Movies, same thing. You know, hey, people are trying to make a living. I'm not going to pirate that. But then porno, somehow I my conscience just totally goes out the window. Like, oh, you know what you got into, sweetheart? Like, I'm using you for everything. But if anything, these people are really bearing their souls. I think, uh, you know, Jack Johnson's pouring his heart out. Look at these, look at these people. They're really putting it on. They're bearing, literally bearing their souls. I like the. I'm finding myself more and more interested in the amateur stuff now because a lot of stuff like YouTube, the porn, yeah. the porn version of YouTube. People in their homes are down, up, you know, filming yeah. their own stuff and putting it up there. I find that much more interesting because so much more realistic. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't po- polished and packaged. They just, you know, I, I don't find I find the, uh, the the sort of the natural rawness of it a little more fascinating. There's me. less anger. I feel like yeah, that's true. The, the regular. <laughs> I realize we're an angry nation, but I feel like we can take it. We can take it out of the porno. My the other disturbing trend that I'll touch on is. Um, they they reference the economy in some of these uh, like oh. <laughs> Oh, sweetheart. I watched this video. It was like a point of view video, and it's a woman coming in. She's like, oh, sweetheart. Oh, don't worry. Oh, yeah, you lost your job, but it's just because of this recession. Don't worry, sweetheart. It, it'll fix things. It's just this bad economy. Like, we're, we're working in the economy into these storylines. We've gone too far, Ralph. Porn is uh, the mirror that we hold up to our society, my Exactly. Friends. Everything that we that we are is reflected in well, porn. When they put that in the time capsule years from now, when they're looking at it, they'll, <laughs> they'll know how we felt that... The economy was so bad that we had to have hot chicks give us blowjobs. <laughs> that was the only Probably way to get out of it. For our POV. Well, speaking of a mirror, I, I, I'm assuming that as a Philly native, uh, you made it down to the Jersey Shore a few times. I have. Yes. I used to spend literally every summer of my life up to about the age of uh, 21, 22, I spent at the Jersey Shore. Bro, yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, I remember senior year for prom, we all got a prom house. I didn't even go to prom that year. Me and my couple other buddies, instead of going to prom senior year, we just went and started went drinking Shore house? Yeah, at the prom house ahead of time and made sure things were ready when the party got there. What uh, shore did you go to in Jersey? 
Uh, well, we would uh, your hang? for because uh, everyone had like their town, and very few people cross over. Once you found a town, you'd go back like a lemming year after year after year to the same. Yeah. Town. Well, when we were, it was like me and my buddies. We would go to like Seaside Heights. Mm-hmm. If it was my family or stuff like that for like a family trip, we'd go to like uh, Ocean City, New Jersey, right. or um, you know somewhere nicer like that. But Seaside Heights, that was that was a straight shot from where we were at, and uh, you know that's actually where uh, they're filming. This year's uh, Jersey Shore, the MTV reality show, it's uh, very controversial. I don't know if you've heard about this. But, it's on uh, as we speak, I think. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're actually missing it right now, but uh, there's been news stories about the controversial aspects of uh, MTV's Jersey Shore. It has tons of hair gel, tanning, and hooking up. <laughs> MTV's newly... My favorite part is the disapproving uh, tone of up. voice with the reporter and hooking up. <laughs> Launched reality show Jersey Shore follows eight hormone crazed young. God, and not to sound like an old man, but how fucking obnoxious is this music in the background? These young adults through a wild summer. These 20 somethings are all Italian Americans. <laughs> yeah, they came over on the fucking boat. Some Italian American heritage groups are angry over what they feel are offensive ethnic stereotypes portrayed in the show, including the unchecked use of the term Guido. I love Guido! I love I love how they're annoyed at her saying Guido's, not at the person she actually is. I don't think it's fair for anybody to be portrayed like this. I know it sells, <laughs> but it's unfortunate that MTV has become really empty TV. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Oh, says old stoic guy from the Italian Defamation League. Yeah. Listen, Paisano, the reason these guys are being portrayed like this is because they all are like that. These assholes are tanned up and roided out and gelled up. And they want to get loaded and get into fist fights when they're not fucking their girlfriends. That's who these guys are. I spent every summer dealing with these guys. It's not a portrayal. This is a documentary. That's what these people do. <laughs> it's it's if you've ever been. How there. is our fault? How's it MTV's fault for putting these guys on television? They didn't. They'd they didn't be that way whether MTV was there or not. They would be they the same guys. They didn't. They didn't hand them a script and say, "Okay, uh, sweetheart, we're gonna just need you to walk up and down the boardwalk and scream Guido as often as you can." Right. Like, uh, hey, situation, uh, we're gonna need you to scream Guido a few more times. Like, <laughs> that's not happening. This is a natural instinct for this guy. That's what you should be protesting. That these people are somehow, if you're, if you feel that connected to them by your so-called uh, race, you know, you should be worried about their. Act- Actions, not not just them saying Guido. Yeah. If you're an Italian American and you're upset by this behavior, you should take this show into classrooms throughout the great southeast of this country and say, "Stop being this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop doing this. This look is how the perfect video. Douchebag like you look. They uh they work at a t-shirt store. Of course uh, they do. <laughs> and uh, it brought me back to my days of going at the Jersey Shore. It was my first um. My first view into really homophobic T-shirts. I can remember they had T-shirts. Uh, uh, silly faggot. Uh, chicks are for or uh, silly faggot. Dicks are for chicks. Sure. Um, you know, God made uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam, Adam and, and Steve. Steve right. Which I mean, I, I love the ambition. I love the optimism that maybe you're gonna convert a few homosexuals with this T-shirt. <laughs> like, hey, I'm I'm changing. Yeah, you thought Obama was gonna change things? Look at this guy. Cruise up and down there. Yeah, they'll 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 see me coming. They'll change their fruity ways. <laughs> what I would like to see is for them to pull the show. 
The buzz has... <laughs> because that'll put an end to Guido's, is right. them pulling this show. It's grown to include at least one advertiser pulling its ads from the program. Domino's Pizza said in a statement to CBS News, <laughs> we just have chosen not to be on that particular show, <laughs> citing the content of the show wasn't right for Domino's. Still, some members of the cast have defended... Uh, Domino's? What? Domino's going for that high-end pizza and wing <laughs> market. They don't want any Guido's eating their pizza. They well, like any real Guido's would order Domino's. Any any self-respecting Italian would not order goddamn Domino's. That's, that's like right. the that's the bane of their existence. This cheap, you know, it's American Americanized... Presbyterians that are eating your food. Yeah, Domino's, exactly. So don't worry about it. Say so, you know people in the you know Oklahoma and. Uh, basically anywhere but New York and maybe L.A. I don't know. The pizza's not very good in L.A., so maybe I'd take Domino's. Into their portrayal. The word Guido, when it comes to our show, um, I'm sure if you watch the show, you'll see that it's used in a lovingly term or a celebratory term. <laughs> I don't think it's... It's a celebration of Guido's. Yeah, it's used in a lovingly term. That's what it is. Hey, yo, I'll be loving this chick, and I say, yo, Guidot. Oh, that that's the other... I think Guidette is much more offensive. The fact that they decided to, like, somehow throw this on, like, Oh, yeah, Guidette. Like, what? There's no such thing as a Guidette. It's a bad image. What's I think I look pretty good on TV. <laughs> Bianca Solar's on. Of course you do. Uh, You're tanning. No, CBS News, New York. The the Guido factor, the Italian-American factor, is the least objectionable thing, objectionable thing about these <laughs> no, people. No, it's like uh, unprotected things, sex. All the things you're going to pick on. It's, it's the, how the, their ethnicity, ethnicity is being depicted. How about the fact that they're fucking douchebags? Yeah, exactly. They should be hitting the head with snow shovels. Just the gen... These these people as people is the most objectionable thing about this. Not that they occasionally yell out, Guido. Yeah. And compared to most programming on MTV, this is, you know, this is masterpiece theater. Well, to, right. I mean... Compared uh, to uh, <laughs> Shot at Love with Tila Tequila or some other, <laughs> so the other shows they have there. The least objection. Or uh, I guess I haven't seen it. I've just kind of heard about it, you know, third party. That there's apparently there's a show. It's like a teenage mother, and it's like all about the struggle of being a teenage mother. Like, oh, talk about sending an awful message. Like, oh yeah, granted they're gonna show like, oh, it's tough being a teenage mom. But tell me, there's not gonna be like a third act where everything, you know, we're gonna make it. Right. I mean, no one Plus, wants teenage mom's got a TV show. Exactly. She's doing much better than. And she would have been working at the Mini Mart, like, oh, yeah, may- hey, maybe I have a shot at a TV show. <laughs> really? I can see why he calls it MTV, huh? It's empty TV. <laughs> I feel like you could have taken that guy and just put him in any era in time and just had him being referred to, like, the previous generation. It is a weird thing, like, every generation is just, you know, immediately offended by the previous generation, thinks... Uh, you know, they we have it so much tougher than the previous generation. I was watching a, a special uh, World War II on the History Channel. It was a really good uh, special. They got all this color HD footage. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah it was it was really a, a great special, but it was funny. I mean, looking back on it in hindsight, as these guys are shipping off into Japan to land and you know storm some of these jungles and stuff. He's like, I'm looking at these men. They're goofing around. They're, uh, you know, they're all, they're just listening to their rock music and stuff. I, I don't, I don't know if we have the guts to win this war. <laughs> it's like, wow, even Kids today with so, their sock hops <laughs> and their brutal cream. So what's, the, what's this company? What's this country coming to? So even they were being called pussies, and they, these were the men who ended up being the greatest generation. It's just funny that, you know, one, one, uh, one generation back. It's, it's amazing. 
Well, I don't know if you uh, follow politics that much, uh, Ralph. You, you keep up with the politics at all? I try not to, but some seeps in through the edges. I just can't help it. Right. Well, uh, speaking of Pennsylvania, Obama was uh, visiting Pennsylvania. He was visiting a uh, actually pretty close to where I grew up, right around the uh, Lehigh Valley area. And he visited a community college, El Tri C. And uh, first off, you you know you're gonna get into trouble when you're you were setting up an open forum to kids in community college to ask questions to President Obama. Mr. Obama, I really appreciate how you're trying to stimulate the economy to help this country out. And um, I was just wondering, in El Tri C and in college, we've been studying some criminology, and um, I was wondering if maybe if you checked out some of the statistics about uh, legalizing prostitution, gambling, drugs, and nonviolent crime. <laughs> First legalize up. nonviolent crime? Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what your political leanings are. I think crime should stay illegal. Crime. <laughs> I really do. It doesn't even limit it to certain, like, oh, petty or, you know. He had me a prostitution and drugs. That was all right. But the one he he wanted to legalize crime. That's what I thought. Maybe his question took a downturn. That's a tough sell. And he could sell when he started. He wasn't very. uh, Oh, dude just wants free pot. That's all. Exactly. Legal pot. Just move out. All he wanted to ask. By the way, I expected him to say marijuana. He didn't even. Oh, he threw it. He threw in drugs. Drugs after prostitution. He's got his priorities straight at least. So that's what he's looking forward to as a uh, as a college uh, community college student. He wants to change the world by legalizing drugs, prostitution, and uh, nonviolent crime. nonviolent crimes. And, and the funny thing is, this guy is he's just this like shaggy-haired kind of skinny. He would be the first victim of these uh, nonviolent crimes. Like someone would just be like, "No, this is my bike. <laughs> what am I going to do about it? Well, nothing. But it's technically my bike now." Or to stimulate some of the economy. <laughs> You know, I, I have to say this. Well, uh, be careful, Barack. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the boldness of your question. Uh, that will not be my job strategy. <laughs> See, that's the thing about Obama. You know, as angry I get about some things or, you know, annoyed about certain things, uh, you know, he's such a good public speaker and so charismatic. It's like, ah, he, ah, oh, that old guy. He seems pulled like it he off. He gets it. He gets it at least. He may not be doing the best job, but at least he seems like someone who's with it enough to, you know, get the joke. Get right. the big cosmic joke. Of he has a sense of, of humor. States. Yeah. I think that separates him from guy. a lot of. Uh, bright guy, obviously. And that I, separates him from a lot of politicians. Yeah, exactly. As well. I think the one thing so far that really, you know, I think there is some legitimacy to the critique of him get, you know, almost being too much of a, uh, you know, politician kind of fame seeker. I, what really kind of annoyed me was when he appeared, not even on the show, but when he appeared on uh, George Lopez's promo, when he was on, I don't know if you saw that, you know, no. George Lopez has a new oh, late night show. God, yes, I know. <laughs> Inexplicably, George Lopez is on television again. Yeah, uh, because, uh, you know. Hey, God bless him. But uh, <laughs> it was funny. I, I was doing stand-up uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I just started going off about why is um, Barack Obama, why is he doing a promo for George Lopez? And I don't know. I must have ticked the audience off because at one point the guy goes, hey, he makes us laugh. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, um, you're almost implying that I'm not as funny as George Lopez. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he was on the, – was one of the promos they were actually running during the um, World Series or somewhere around there. It's uh you know hey I got a new show on late night and then Barack Obama's there he's like hey yeah this is this is the change I'm talking about uh, I need you to change late night it's like really oh, I just man. voted you f- for you a year ago and then you're gonna 
You're going to kind of commercialize and sell out your own thing? Like, first off, you're doing a TBS promo. All right, I don't have trouble with you doing a network goddamn show where you come out, you talk about some issues, make some jokes. Fine. You know, do Letterman. You know, be be charming, charismatic. You know, talk a little bit about health care yeah. and call it a day. But being in a promo for a goddamn TBS show? It does seem like he's got better things to do than right. to pimp George Lopez. Soon he's gonna be doing like mattress commercials and stuff. He's already <laughs> selling out the presidency. Obama's crazy electronics store. <laughs> Everything must go. Come on down. Get a good night's sleep. Sleep on this mattress. You won't worry about the economy. <laughs> now didn't uh, didn't Lopez also make some uh, joke at the end, like to button the commercial? Didn't he say something like uh, a, a I'm Mexican joke? <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, my this... stimulus package. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, oh no. Barack Obama's on that commercial. Oh, great. I'm, I'm glad you guys are thinking that's funny. Meanwhile, the taxpayers put, like, you know, what, $5 trillion in these in these <laughs> yeah. ideas that hopefully will work out. So, uh, Ralph, it's December, and uh, I saw on K-Rock you recently hosted the Miss Double D December pageant. How'd that go over? Miss Double December, yeah. That's the thing we do every year where we, uh, well, basically we just ask girls with big tits to send us their pictures, and uh, we do a faux... Uh, beauty pageant every year, and this the girl we select, or the, the listeners select actually, we open the voting in the, to them, and the uh, girl that they select gets to be our sort of spokesmodel for the next 12 months, and she gets to attend all the uh, concerts at the radio station, and she gets to come to all our public events, and she is the uh, the face and cans of the Kevin and Bean Show. So that's always a, that's always a fun event. We uh, do it live every year. It used to be just uh, online, then we opened up and started doing a live pageant, inviting people down. So we do Yeah, it. no, I saw some of the clips online. We I... do it in Orange County now every year, and it's just a huge event. We always get a big turnout, and it's a blast, and uh, we get to hang out with uh, 10 smoking hot babes. So, as you what was say, uh, any like crazy moments that stuck out in your head? Like The girls stayed... Uh, disappointingly sober this year usually the usually uh, well, i saw one chick made out with another chick that's always was that the one that ended up winning uh that's how we uh, passed the crown the former oh, okay. the, the miss double december of the previous year when she passes the crown and sash to the new winner uh makes out with her and that's sort of the uh, official the official passing of the torch exactly yeah we say that the uh, the, the power of the position is held in the lips of the previous <laughs> owner, and she kind of passes that energy to the new girl. So that's how it's done. But usually uh, the girls get so nervous about appearing on stage in front of so many people, they start cocktailing early in the program. Get liquored up. And by the end of the uh, morning where we start the interview portion of the of the pageant, there's usually some slurring and cursing going on. But this year the girls were, <laughs> like I said, disappointingly well-behaved. But uh, good batch this year. Just some beautiful, beautiful girls, yeah. including a professional uh, porn star, uh, adult uh, entertainer. Nice. Actually joined the, uh, the lineup this year. And she was a crowd favorite. Oh, for, yeah. As, not for anything she did on our show, but for all the research <laughs> people were doing on the internet, looking at her work. Hey, this is work, man. That's right. I got to keep I gotta keep learning more about this woman. Look, look up Sarah Stone sometime. Sarah Bellers, Stone? Wanna, Check her out. Time, yeah. I also see that uh, you got a, um, you're going to be a guest on um, Adam Carolla. They're doing a live Christmas broadcast at Adam, the uh, Irvine Improv, uh, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, December 16th. My buddy Adam Carolla, who uh, many of you, of course, know from The Man Show and Love Line and uh, his own morning talk show. He has the most downloaded podcast in on iTunes. They just gave me Yeah, no, it's year. great. Yeah, Biggest check it out. AdamCarolla.com. Uh, we are doing it live next Wednesday, the 16th. If you're in Southern California, the Irvine, California Improv is where it's going to be happening. I believe the first show is already sold out, the 8 o'clock Yeah, show. no, I, I heard that they, yeah, the 8 o'clock sold out, and then they're, so they brought on a 10 o'clock. Now, are you... 
what exactly is it? Is it a live? Sh- are they just gonna do like a live broadcast of the podcast, and you're gonna be in as a guest? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It'll be it'll be like a talk show format, like like his uh, podcast. Is. Oh, okay. I'll be coming out and uh, talking to Adam and uh, Matt Money Smith and Petros Papadakis, uh, two sports guys from 5:70 a.m. are gonna be stopping by. The Dan Band's gonna be there. Uh, porn star Tara Patrick's gonna be doing the 10 o'clock show. Nice. So we'll be hanging it's out. It's a little blue at the 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's show. right. Get the late show, folks. Try the veal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. We've never done it live before, so it should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now you know uh, you've known Adam for a long time, right? You yeah. uh, you guys were roommates. Uh, how many years back? Wow. Uh, I have known Adam. I guess seventeen years, sixteen, seventeen years. We started doing sketch and improv comedy together at a little theater called the Acme Comedy Theater, which used to be in the Valley and is now um, in in Hollywood. <laughs> And um, it was sort of like the Groundlings, if you ever heard of them. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I got a, a couple of buddies who've done that. And people stuff. doing sketch and improv, <clears throat> Saturday Live kind of stuff. And that's how we met. And then eventually ended up rooming together. Adam was hanging drywall. He was doing construction. I was bartending. And we uh, roomed with a, another buddy of ours, Cortland. Three of us had a house for a while. And then uh, Adam's career just kind of took off. He started doing radio and he started doing Loveline and things. Now, when you, were, when you were rooming with Adam, did you... You know, like uh, for people aspiring to do stuff like that, did you f- sense like, oh man, he's is there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a huge success, or was it more like, oh this guy's really funny, I know he's talented, I hope it works out for him. What was your take on him and your own career? Uh, we never assumed any of us were going to make anything of ourselves, really. We were doing it largely because, uh, well, Adam. You know, was always a funny guy, and but it never really dawned on him he could make a living being funny. He, yeah. he was like a blue-collar guy. Like I said, he was doing construction, and he was used to working hard for a living. And he was doing uh, the stuff on stage, I think, just more for shits and giggles for himself than even the idea of maybe making a career out of it. Um, I had, you know, I had gone to college for uh, acting and stuff, and I was ma- trying to make a go of just trying to be a working actor, but I never thought... Uh, comedy or anything like that would be in my future. I thought maybe if I was lucky, I'd get a small part in a sitcom or get something Get a role like here or there. Yeah. So uh, we really didn't... Uh, I certainly had no plans to get into radio. I don't think Adam did either. It was sort of, sort of a happy accident for both of us. And then once he got going in radio and he met Jimmy Kimmel and those guys became buddies and started working together, that's when I was introduced to Kevin and Bean and those guys, and that's how I got into radio. So it was all sort of, um, you know, a lucky accident that one of us... Once one of us sort of broke through, he started helping the other But doesn't guy that out. seem, you know, you say accident, but doesn't that seem to be the, not necessarily that there is a proven formula, but, you know, have talent, put in the years at it, you know, build a network of people that, you know, you're friends with, that you work together, and then, you know, help each other out once you kind of... Yeah, but it is luck, because uh, there's no way to have, I could have known that, that Adam would hit it off with Jimmy Kimmel and those guys would form a partnership, and they would go on to do television, and... And, you know, them leaving morning radio would, would create a vacancy that I could step in and fill. I mean, it just all sort of happened. But the, I did hang out with Adam and work with him because I thought he was talented and funny. And that's kind of the way you have to make the decision, I think. Surround yourself with the best possible people you can because of the talent that they offer you and the, and the, the way they inspire your work or you enjoy working with them. Focus on that. And don't worry about the other stuff because, like I said, it either will or won't happen. If you're lucky, it will happen. If it doesn't, at least you've got the benefit of surrounding yourself with talented, funny people that you enjoy working with. You know? Yeah. Now, you enjoyed working with him. How was Adam, uh, you know, Corolla as a roommate? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard his Let side of the story. Let me give you my take on this, Ralphie. Here's the thing about Adam is he is, in person, the guy he is on the radio. 
Yeah. Which means you can't shut him the fuck up. <laughs> and as much as I love the guy, I was bartending, and I would get in like 3 o'clock in the morning, usually with a half a load on, because we'd cocktail in after the shift was over, and... You know, just dead on my feet after working eight hours serving drinks to assholes in Venice Beach. Yeah, exactly. And I come stumbling in, and I would go into the kitchen to get something to eat or get a <laughs> glass of water or something. And he'd come stumbling out of his room in his uh, ratty old red terry cloth robe and say, "Oh, you're home. Let me. You know, I saw something on TV." And he'd go into some riff. You know, yeah, he'd, go, <laughs> he'd start doing a chunk, a 20 minute chunk on some infomercial that he watched. And I just did. I was tired. I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> I get trapped in this like vortex of conversation with him in the kitchen. And once you, he's got his hooks in you, you can't get out. So. Well, yeah. I mean, he seems. Uh, I mean, from listening to the show, he seems to be a bit of a steamroller. He's but it, funny, but he's in the best just, possible way because exactly. that's if you're if you're on talk radio doing four hours a day like he was doing or doing the podcast you need to kind of have that that energy to just keep going and to constantly just generate interesting conversation interesting comedy he's got that he just needs someone to listen that's all he needs if it's one person or people downloading a podcast or an audience just uh, knowing that he's got someone tuned in he's gonna be just a warm body is all he really needs to get him going and then you wind him up and let him go now, what about, uh, did you guys party a lot back in the day? How did I, Adam was never a big partier. Um, How about I, yourself? I was the guy who was the, the instigator. The social I mean, chair of the house? I would, uh, every couple of weeks, we would have a major bash, because we were renting this house up in the foothills uh, in La Crescenta, which is above Glendale here in SoCal, and um, we had a really nice spread, a nice big backyard and a pool and everything, so I would take full advantage of it, and I would just... Just invite everybody we could think of and just get a keg or whatever and just uh, really party until well. Just get into it. Well into the dawn. Um, and Adam was never like a big drinker or anything, but he was he, he always had a good time. He, he, we knew most of the same people, so we'd always hang out together. But eventually he would he would go to bed around 2, and I would be the last guy picking up. You're the last games. man standing, yeah. just hoping for something to work out. <laughs> As the sun would come over the, uh, the, the retaining wall, I would be the guy picking uh, empties out of the pool or, uh, you know, Cleaning the condoms out of the jacuzzi or something like that. So. <laughs> well, at least you're using the condom in the jacuzzi. I gotta oh, imagine. Yeah. I gotta imagine no, that's gonna be a... smart that way. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'd find one on the pool table or in the side pocket. That's always my favorite story. I found a condom, a used condom, in the pocket of the pool table in the rec room of this house, and I was like, well, at least we're safe. Well, but that's such a weird thing that it ends up in the in the corner pocket. It means the person spent the condom, had it off, and was like, I gotta throw this somewhere. I could, See, I could I either could go in a trash can, <laughs> yeah, or I could just leave it in the corner pocket for the, the people who actually rent the house to find. If I ever find out who did that, there's going to be a reckoning. You're still, uh, you're still on the manhunt looking for that yeah. lone we're, individual. We got the boys down in the lab running DNA, so we'll have to wait and see. Shit. Oh. <laughs> well, it sounds like almost a similar setup that uh, I got going. I live with me and a couple of my buddies. We rent a house in Burbank. Yeah. We, we don't have a pool, but you know we do stand up, and uh, so we once a month we do a uh, you know we have a house party, and then we also we do like a little one hour stand up set with like you know buddies that I'm oh, friends with. Oh, you don't. You you force people to watch your stand up <laughs> to enjoy your party. No, no. Oh, what a prick you are. <laughs> yeah, come out and get food and booze at my house. Come on, we're having a party. Oh, oh, by the way, hey, we're going to do an hour now. We're going to do an hour, so everyone is to sit there and pretend we're funny because we're <laughs> plying you with free alcohol and food. You are a prick. Well, I used to think that's what Just it was. Just be a nice guy and throw a party for your friends. <laughs> Don't force them to earn it by having to sit through your brand new chunk that you worked on. 
But but they're fans. They claim to be oh, fans. Oh, sweet God. They're not fans, Sean. Stop kidding yourself. <laughs> I know. They're just being polite because you bought the Natty Light in exactly. the fridge. Hey, you know me well. Yeah. Or we drink uh, the worst beer that we've had. I discovered this uh, East Coast. Yeah, it was Natty Light and stuff. And even out here, it gets a Natty Light. But the, have you ever had Conguama? No, <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's like a Mexican version of Natty Light, if you could believe it. Wow, it's this turtle beer, and really, it's god awful. It's eleven ninety nine a thirty pack, and no one no one wants anything to do with that. The yeah. can is blue and yellow. Oh, it looks that's a good look. It's <laughs> a good look if you're in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, like no, life sun. is too short to drink cheap beer. I just even when I was piss poor, I would have to like try to bump it up to right. Bud or something, something with a name you recognized. Not uh, chumkacha or whatever you just said. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I have to have heard of the beer before I will drink it. That's one of the standards I have for, for alcohol. No, yeah, that's uh, you're, you're not raising the bar too high. Appreciate that. Well, I'm glad to know that you're uh, you're forcing your, your your friends to listen to you. Hey, you know, it's better it's better than forcing them to come out hey, to a get, club and the two drink. Them, I am so. not coming into your house party. That's for sure. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> Just saying out right. It's bad here. enough. You got a roommate who's a Giants fan. Now you're making people listen to your stand up. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, and it's, it's it's tough getting people out in the winter months. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. He's Crowd around. Like an open mic in the backyard. Yeah, like pretty a, much. With a bar stool and a one key light, <laughs> and a big red light attached to the house. So when you're tired, oh my time's up, folks. I gotta go inside now. I live here. Thanks for coming by. Well, it's the best part about throwing a party is a you know just not having to worry about driving home or anything like that. Yeah. You know, you're just like, all right, uh, people are still awake. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. You guys can do whatever you want. Wow. There's nothing breakable out in the garage. Open mic night at your house. That you got it, man. spectacular. So, Ralph, uh, as we're wrapping up here, what can we expect from uh, Ralph Garman in 2010? What do you got your eyes on? I've uh, I got, actually, a couple projects in the works. Too early to talk about anything. One's an animated project that I've been working on. Hopefully, it will be happening next year. Nice. And, um, I, I've written a, a sitcom project that we're shopping around. Maybe something will happen with that. So I've got some ideas for some TV work, hopefully, in the future. In the meantime, I keep um, I keep doing uh, Family Guy. we got the um, yeah. Family Guy episodes coming up and then into next year. Voice of Family Guy and then K-Rock, Kevin and Bean. Uh, and then you guys are also syndicated, right? Yeah, we this year, this year we started adding stations into syndication. I think we're up to 10 or 12 stations now across the country where people are listening in the mornings and things are going well. So Nice, man. Uh, hopefully another radio thing. Uh, we're in the talks about maybe uh, doing a weekly thing uh, just sort of based on the pop culture entertainment uh, stuff. Movies, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because I noticed now they also do like an afternoon hour on... Are they still doing that? Okay, no, we stopped the afternoon oh, okay. thing. That was sort of a failed experiment. But uh, people do enjoy the, the showbiz updates and stuff that I do on the Kevin and Bean show. So we're thinking maybe... Yeah, branching off into a solo show with uh, guests and stuff and expanding that maybe once a week on the weekends or something. Oh, that'd be cool, man. All right, so uh, anywhere you want to direct people to? or Nope. All right. Well, (laughs) uh, I'll direct them to the Irvine Improv. Uh, Well, if you... I guess they're sold out, so... The 8 o'clock show is, I think, the 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock show might still still be available. December 16th. Logan, uh, you want to take us out with a haiku? Let's do it. All right. Guidos and Guidettes. Ralph Garman is in acting. <laughs> Farewell till next time. Sweet. All right, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room every Thursday, 8 o'clock, LA Talk Radio.
Thank you for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and make sure you check out LegalZoom.com for all of your self-help legal needs. Referral code GREEN for The Green Room discount.